0: You're listening to Strictly Business podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro, who's the deputy chairman of Sassman Securities, which is located in the salubrious surroundings of Melrose Arch in Johannesburg, probably the entertainment hub after Sandton City of Johannesburg. I spoke to David a couple of. Uh, well, I tried to phone David around about six seven minutes ago which i normally do at around about 4 p.m south african time and he wasn't answering but he came back to me and he said that he'd been on the telephone to switzerland obviously one of his bankers had phoned him and said <laughs> mr shapiro mr uh, shapiro your account is full please do something about it
1: <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> hello David.
1: i wanted to know if i could reduce my fees <laughs> <laughs>
0: We find ourselves on a day which is which I always find extraordinary. Why not put the public holiday on the Monday, for goodness sake? I don't know. Because it's non-productive. I, I, it really does disrupt the economy in a, in a small yeah. way, but in a, a small but meaningful way. In a big way.
1: Yeah. You know why? Because uh, once people take off the long weekend, yes. because Monday becomes uh, a non-working day, uh, they go off on Friday at lunchtime. So the holiday starts Friday, 12 o'clock, right through till Tuesday, you know, and, and so you're actually losing two and a half days plus, you know, weekend and that. And there's very, very little happening here. And you can see it in the, in the amount of the announcements that are coming through. Very, very little. There's plenty of action on global markets. For them, it's not a holiday, but for South Africa, um, it's, it's a very serious issue. Uh, you know, every time, even if it's a Wednesday, people tend to make a, a long weekend of it. So, yeah.
0: There are certain days that should be marked on the day that they uh, oh. occurred. And we know that. There are certain days that are incredibly important in South Africa's development, South Africa's history. But I do believe that the, the streamlining of public holidays could be more efficient, and because we're a consumption-based economy, Mm. a Monday off would actually be a boost, a regular Monday off instead of, I think there's 12 public holidays Mm. in South Africa, and that Mm. coincides with 12 months. There should be perhaps 12 Mm. Mondays. You can't do that with Christmas. You can't do that with certain, as I say, socially important days in South Mm. Africa's history, but there's something can be done. To have a public holiday on a Tuesday at the end of September, Mm. to me, is complete madness. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. They should follow the route that they take in the UK, where you have a, yes. a so-called bank holiday, and uh, I think it happens in the US as well. Uh, they have the Monday, so it's, uh, unless it's uh, uh, July the fourth, Independence Day, and or well, the Thursday, which is Thanksgiving. But uh, everything else is, uh, is is well organized. So yeah, it's it's a pretty dull day. Um, you can see by the parking when I drove in this morning, you could see how many people were absent. There was uh, all the bays were empty. So, and uh, strange enough, the restaurants were full <laughs> at lunchtime. Went know. in across the roads.
0: What did you have? So, pizza and, again? And, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, because everybody, all the school kids are away as well. They're not at school, so everybody running around Melrose Lodge at Tiger's Milk, you know, having burgers or Mr. George or Tashes wherever they are. Yeah. So quite, 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 a, you know, quite a holiday atmosphere around here, but the, the offices are empty.
0: And the stock exchange news service announcements on the sharenet.ca.za mm. screen and every other screen as well, completely empty. There's a notice of an annual nothing. general meeting here. There's a change to the board there. Yeah. There's shared dealings yeah. by a director somewhere mm. else, but there's absolutely nothing. No trading statements, mm. no results. And, and quite right too. We've come to the end, I think, of the companies that have uh, half-year mm. and full-year results at the end of June. Now, what have you got right. to look forward to? I don't know. Maybe the end of the quarter. And there
1: a couple of August. Something. Yeah, there are a couple of August companies that will come through in that. But but the majority are June and December companies. So you get February and August here and there. You might get a March and September, but. Uh, Overall, um, you know, not much happening. Look, there's, it's it's a pretty down day here, yes. And I'm not quite sure. I I can't get to the bottom of it. To me, I think a lot of the selling is as a result of movements we saw last week in the market. Uh, but we're losing a lot of ground here, and a lot of the shares that made up ground in the few days of last week. Uh, have given it, uh, you know, have have given um, up those kind of gains. So it's difficult to get a grip on the market. It's also difficult to get a grip on on global markets. Europe under quite a bit of pressure. Lindsay, that's on some poor poor economic numbers that are coming out of France and Germany. The PMI are numbers, in other numbers. words, mm-hmm. Manufacturing numbers, terrible. And 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 I think the the focus is now turning on the ECB for. Uh, more stimulus, and and I don't think it's in fact it's not on the ECB. It's more on the governments themselves, the German government, to start uh, upping the you know to, to start giving fiscal concessions and start stimulating on that side. In other words, um, move away from their very very tight reign on the economy. You can no longer leave it to uh, to to central bankers. Uh, government have got to start taking um, action. You saw it in India. Um, India reduced the uh, tax rates and that. America's already done it. So, some kind of concessions are going to help if they want to, uh, keep, you know, keep the European economy turning over. So, that's where the, that's the negative side of it. America holding, you know, it's, it's, there's mixed data coming. There's nothing of pressure. But, I mean, that's all we've got to look, to look forward to today.
0: Yes. Well, I'm looking at whenever I need some sort of sensational headlines or something to hang my hat on when it comes to interviewing. On the international stage, go to CNBC.com, they used to employ me, and I, I, do, I do like CNBC. The, the trade war is weighing like a big dark cloud on the global economy, says Christine Lagarde. You're starting to get evidence of that now, yeah. David, at the yeah. corporate level. Yeah. Little bits mm. and pieces you hear about every day, yeah. you think, that's because of the trade war, and we don't know mm. in the next few months exactly how this will play out, but mm. it's undoubtedly
1: weighing on the global economy. It, it, it weighs in terms of sentiment. In other words, people are uncertain. And when you're uncertain, you do nothing. So it holds back on business investment. Um, I don't know whether they've interpreted the actual trade numbers. You know, you'll see it in, in, in South Korea's numbers. You'll see it in places like Singapore, yes. which are trading nations and which, you know, which are, are direct benefits of increased trade you're starting to see it in all the gdp numbers you'll see trade starting to fall but a lot of it can be resurrected uh at at literally a drop of a hat um simply because um, once confidence comes in and a deal is done then people feel that it's not going to affect their supply chains and they get on with business but at the moment um Businessmen are dead scared to make any kind of economic, oh, sorry, business decision simply because of what it might mean uh, down the line. So yeah, it is causing uncertainty, and I don't think it's penetrated Mr. Trump's head yet. I don't know what his end game is. I don't, you know, no one can read him. No one can. You you don't know what it's where this is all leading, and even you know, common sense people, uh, or, or put it this way, he won't listen to common sense. You know, it's, it's, it's all a political game. It's all about being re-elected or some kind of board game uh, uh, where the winner takes fall at the end. So who knows?
0: Yeah, it's actually very, very simple. It's almost like South Africa where you could, at the stroke of a pen, remove all sorts mm. of legislation and increase the ease of doing business in our country, our lovely country but uh, people don't do it because of political pressure from certain factions within the august institution Mm. of the African National Congress but it's now time to say legacy is one thing but um, forward-looking policies are another, so yeah, anyway, let's get that out of the way. The big story this weekend and it's not Donald Trump for once and it's not Arsenal scraping a victory (laughs) against a relegation-threatened Aston Villa it is, we'll come to that later, it is ...is the Thomas Cook story. Now, this tells you something about Brexit. It tells you something about the travel industry. It tells you something about a company that didn't reinvent itself. It became Mm -hmm. a giant, great, lumbering, Mm -hmm. inefficient blob. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. this... Company David was formed in 1843 by yeah. Thomas Cook and he started to organize little excursions on trains, on steam trains in the United Kingdom. 1843. Fast forward. It survived two world wars up until mm. 3 a.m. this morning, South African time, employed 21,000 people. It ran mm. hotels. It ran tour operations. Mm. It ran an airline and suddenly the drop of a hat as you said earlier on 600,000 people worldwide 600,000 people worldwide are stranded with nowhere to go their planes have been impounded and the civil aviation authority of the United Kingdom has to rescue 150,000 160,000 British people with 45 planes over the next two weeks, it's quite staggering the
1: scale of this collapse (laughs) Uh, well I, I to be honest I didn't imagine that they were as uh, ubiquitous as that in oh, other yeah. words that so many people would be stranded on thomas cook tours because yes. i you know i one could detect the changes that were taking place um taking place in terms of people booking their own trips on booking.com or expedia or all the other online booking agents doing their own airline tra- you know airline bookings i didn't realize that, that it affected them to, to such an extent. And also the, the, the number, as you mentioned there, that, that people have been stranded as a result of that. So uh, it is something that one would have expected. I don't think those tours take place anymore. Um, I think that it is being replaced. It is a, an aging industry. But it is, it's, it's tragic that a company of 150 years I suppose it's gone the way of Kodak and all the other companies that we can uh, associate with a art companies or companies that just didn't um, you know change the way that they do business. Exactly. So yeah, right. it, there it, says, I know, Tom, they I they, they must be what's the name do they still issue good old travelers checks or is that something of the past? I think they still the can get travelers get, checks but not, I wonder I, how many people have still got them stashed in their safes. Uh, I don't and, know. and what you do? You don't know. remember American Express? Of Whenever course. we used to travel, yes, we would always get uh, American Express travellers checks, and you'd countersign them, and either go to a bank or uh, some companies or some retailers would actually take travellers checks as with, they were cash. They were literally cash. Mm-hmm. But um, that was that was where they made their name uh, together. I mean, it was a huge part of their business together with American Express.
0: It's very interesting actually the way that the world changes because I saw Mm. something on the BBC the other morning which said that 28% of transactions in the United Kingdom are now conducted with cash whereas 10 years ago it was 75% and eventually yeah. and they were, the reason they were saying this was because of the demise of the ATM I mean there are still mm. people, I mean I still go to an ATM I like to have a bit of crinkle in my mm. pocket so that I can give the mm. champ at the pub um, you know leave a few bob Yeah, leave a few there behind the bar, 50 euro mm. no, no, 50 pound, no what am I mm. talking about a 50 rand note, something <laughs> like that oh. not that you get much for 50 rand these days, but you know what I mean. But it's almost mm. a metaphor for what has happened to a company like Thomas Cook. Because Thomas mm. Cook, let's not forget, mm. survived two world wars and also invented the package holiday for the Poms. There would be a mm. lot of English mm. people, yeah. British
1: people rather, that wouldn't
0: know where Spain mm. was if it weren't for Thomas mm. Cook.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I can't. I can't fault you, but it it it, it is sad that it's uh, that it's gone that way. And uh, but. Lindsay, you have to look at the other side. You know, one of the shares that we own is Booking dot com, which is based. Your part of the words in Amsterdam.
0: Yes, it is. Well, uh, actually Rotterdam, hmm. but yes. Anyway, go on.
1: I think. Is it in Rotterdam? No. Yeah, it's. A, it I think it's a Rotterdam-based
0: company, but <laughs> it's I, it's, yeah. I know it's part of part of another group. It's it's a listed works, entity. But anyway, yes, it's it's an amazing price
1: company. Hmm. And and what it does is is it it hunts and it finds packages and. Uh, you can get cheap, uh, cheap hotel accommodate. You could do, get anything through, you know, book your, booking it yourself. Just go online and say, this is where I want to go. I've got, for some reason, I booked an air ticket through, uh, an international airline and they sold my name to booking.com and every day. I get offers of packages and so on, you yes. know, every day, and you can't get rid of it, giving you, um, very, very cheap options. And I must say, where I've used a hotel, I've always used uh, booking.com. The thought of going to a travel agent hasn't really struck me. Although there are, there are times where we book our flights through a, through a travel agent, but I think it would be, it's, it's, it's the way things are going. Mm. And, uh, it's a warning sign, I suppose. Uh, to other people there. And travel, you know, travel is, is is booming at the moment. Travel is particularly in the Asian markets. I mean, that's where you're getting the demand for aircraft. That's where Boeing and Airbus are, are scoring, and that the number of people leaving, and I'm using Asia um, as a proxy here, but, but uh, a huge number of people um, are traveling, particularly the Chinese. And uh, they they visiting, you know. Then they, some of them are making long hauls, but most of them are just traveling within their region, from China to Japan to South Korea and all over. So it's today travel is a massive area, and um, you know you see those what do you call them ships or boats? You know the dream boats, those yeah. they, they almost floating floating cities really that uh, you know uh, that 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 come in and out of the big harbors full of tourists and the package is very, very attractive. So you can't, this has got nothing to do with travel. It's complete opposite.
0: Yeah, there are three companies that really spring to mind. Booking.com is one, which I always use as mm. well. And it's very interesting the way that they know. I mean, I booked, uh, I can't remember what I booked. The last thing you book anyway, they'll pop up uh, three days mm. later and say, welcome home, Lindsay, uh, where is your next trip going to be? And say, <laughs> hey, did you have a nice time? And so and so, maybe you should go yeah. there. There's another company as well, which is very prominent on television, where I am, uh, called Trivago. And I think in South Africa as well, Trivago is quite well represented. And and a, there, then there is, of course, Airbnb. It's
1: changed the way that we behave when it comes to accommodation. Yeah, You know, what, you know what's very interesting as well? You mentioned that, is that today, and this applies um, in all different spheres as well, is that people don't follow adverts anymore. You don't read adverts. Mm-hmm. What you do is you look at rating, and, and you'll look at Booking.com, and you'll say, this hotel is given a seven and a half percent or seven and a half out of ten or eight out of ten because they get hold of you when you return, Lindsay and say, "How did you like the hotel you know or how is whatever it give it a few stars rating whatever it is and that's, that also dictates and dominates where people go, so you rely more on uh, on what what people who have used the hotel say then Than listening to the uh, media or or adverts or anything like that, you know, um, or journals. So you rely very heavily on other people that have travelled there or have used the services
0: let's have a look at the markets if we can now. the big mm. thing that mm. I thought this morning was that the RAND was threatening to change its big figure from 14 to 15 I, I think yeah. it was the euro dollar exchange rate which has broken mm. 110 and seems to be mired below mm. 110 in other words one euro buying you uh, currently one, 90 yeah. uh, uh, dollars. I don't know how significant that is but it certainly seems to have been taken to heart by RAND traders mm. in thin mm-hmm. conditions currently 1488 but the round suddenly looking a bit vulnerable again having looked so strong a
1: week ago Uh, Yeah, it has and I think it's also to do with the dollar I Mm. think where you get weak euro where you get weak uh, European data uh, you've also had a bit of sabre rattling between America and uh, um, Iran Mm. we've got no idea where the trade war is going, it seems to be on a decent course, but there are a lot of issues in the air at the moment that are causing the nervousness and I think I don't know whether that's behind the sell off that we saw in emerging markets but it has taken the rand from where it was about 1450ish uh to where we are now it's yeah it's stable at the moment it's steady there's no fresh news to knock it but you you would have seen gold also picked up a little all the safe havens have uh, picked up and yields in the US have come down a bit so yeah but but I I must say it's uh there's not a huge amount to get our teeth into at the moment. This is interesting. We've got to wait now for mm. the for the we start with the earnings season at the end of September. So in the next two weeks, we go through the whole cycle again. Of in of the United earnings. States, you mean? Mm. Yeah. In the US, yeah.
0: Okay the gold price was I think probably 14.85 to 14.90 last time we spoke on mm. shapiro world anyway it 's currently 15 twenty three mm. which is up six dollars yeah. it was up fifteen dollars yep. on, on friday. so something's going on there and the interesting thing about this, David, is that it 's in the face of a strong u s dollar and of course, there is yeah. an inverse relationship between the strength of the dollar yeah. and the strength of the gold price. It normally mm. means that if the dollar's mm. strong, the gold price is weak, not a bit of it, mm. so something's going on behind the scenes yeah, here. I, well, it's still mid-range, fifteen hundred 1500 to fifteen
1: fifty. Let's face it. I think if you look at asset allocations of a number of leading banks, you know, particularly uh, you can say the American and the European banks, uh, they've suddenly upped the weight in gold. I think it's as as a with interest rates so low. In other words, holding cash gives you absolutely nothing. I think they've taken uh, a bit of a punt on on gold and said you may as well be holding gold since you're not. It's not going to cost you anything to hold gold because it is, uh, you know, there's zero return. So I think we've seen gold holdings pick up a bit, and I think that's behind some of the support we're seeing. Um, you know, it, it 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 is a safe haven type of holding against the uncertainty. But technically, you're, you you hold gold when you think things are going to worsen. And uh it's that kind of asset, you know. If you're really fearful of, of where we are at the moment you will be holding gold. Gold shares are up today here on the JC, as are platinum shares. I think those are the only two green areas. Otherwise if you look across the board, some big sell offs um in shares here. Not a lot of trade. Uh Lindsay, you know we had the re weightings last week. And yes, I, what I, I happened on Friday was, by the way? Five, I was speaking to Nick, Nick Lindsay. You spoke to him on billion, Thursday. Yeah. He was spot on. But wow. I don't remember what the he was at the Westcliff
0: Hotel, so I don't I think he forgot to give me the, the volumes on Friday. <laughs> it was it was fifty seven <laughs> billion on Thursday after the futures close out. I wonder what happened uh-huh. on, on Friday. Probably
1: uh, 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 quite uh, big as uh, well. well. No, we had we had you know, you know this is the, this is why it's so difficult for people like me to talk to you because wow. I don't really understand what's happening Underneath the market, the trading side of it. So, to give you an example, um, at ten, you know, at, between ten to five and five, we have closing auctions, which is actually supposed to bring stability into the market to prevent you putting through prices uh, and manipulating the market. But what we found now, and in most markets, in the last ten minutes, massive trade actually goes through. So, to give an example of what happened on Friday, yes, by ten to five. The volumes on the JSC were 23.4 billion. Right. By five o'clock, that's ten minutes later, it was 63.6 oh, billion. Yeah. So 40 billion rand worth of trade went through in the last minute. You know, in the last ten minutes. So 120 billion in
0: two days. That's amazing.
1: Now, uh, yeah. 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 But I mean, a lot of it was the was was uh, rebalancing. So I don't know what that means. But, um, you know, we saw huge amounts of NASPERS and process and impalers and all those that influenced the indices, uh, going through. So how they organize it in such a quick time, you know, in, in 10 minutes, I have no idea. But that's, that's what we see. Luckily, it hardly manipul- hardly moved the, the actual indices themselves, but a lot a lot of trade taking place. Yes, and a lot lot of posturing actually uh, before
0: the uh, the day as well because uh, obviously people can have a look at the market capitalization of certain companies. For example, SAPI, which we spoke about with uh, Nick on Thursday, and people knew that it was going to be dropping out, so they forward sold, if you see what I mean, and readjusted their portfolios or front run in a perfectly legitimate way, of course. The SAPI share price fell 8%, but but anyway, it's a world that we couldn't have envisaged in the 1980s, David?
1: No, no. There's absolutely no ways that you could ever have done any deals like that. And of course, this is all related to uh, the derivative markets, to index trading um, and something which you could only put through with a computer. You can never calculate these kind of um, amounts in your head or even on a handheld calculator or even on a laptop. So you need high-frequency trading systems to actually push this kind of trade through. So it's, it's the volatility it concern, you know, that goes through uh, is a little disconcerting uh, if you're watching them around a minute-to-minute, day-to-day basis. But I think over time, uh, we draw lines through that, and that's how you've got to approach the market. So, but again, today, I'm saying to you, Lindsay, you know, the same thing. We, we're down about 1.5% here, which is way above anything we're seeing in the rest of the world. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can't. You know, I'm, I'm trying to make sense of some of these, uh, of some of the movements now, whether they are trade related or whether it's really fear of the fundamentals.
0: Well, if you fear the fundamentals, then the first thing that I woke up to this morning was a piece in the... Business Day yep. by Peter Attog yep. Montalto from Intellidex. And I spoke to him a few hours ago. And if you go to ShareNet or you go to strictlybusinesspodcast.com under the economy, you'll, under the headline, right. the economy, you'll listen to an interview with, with Peter, who's based in London at the moment, but it's a South African company, Intellidex. He says, I think no, things are not going to be all right in the end. And he, for the no. first time, I, 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 I mm. sensed, a little bit of aggression from him or frustration from him. The government must stop faffing around, he said. And I tried to push him on this, yeah. but he's, yeah. he wouldn't be too forceful in his views. But I sensed an underlying frustration yeah. again, having covered South Africa for so many yeah. years so yeah. well. Yeah, now yeah. is the time think, to
1: act. You know what? I, th- I think this is becoming widespread now. People are getting very angry, uh, particularly those who are trying, you're trying to make a living here. And you're getting absolutely no support from government. By support of government is creating an environment in which you can operate. I'm not saying they're acting against you yes. in any way, but nothing has happened. You know, it's now the end of September. So it's almost two years since Cyril has taken over the ANC. And uh yes, the, yeah. You know, TV? the euphoria, that, see it, don't you know, CR17. I always remember Colin Coleman from, um, Goldman Sachs. um, you know, from Goldman Sachs coming out, you know, and saying, you know, watch this now, 3% growth, 3% okay. growth. And he was supported by a lot of other, and I'm not going at Colin in a personal way. Right. I'm merely, you know, I'm saying that's how people spoke. And, and we've seen nothing of that. If you listen to La Secha last week, that you know, We're looking at growth at 0.6% this year, and he's downgraded to 1.5% next year. That's hardly the environment, manufacturing, mining, um, are lagging. And what do we got on Friday? The biggest strike in banks in 99 years, you know, the banks are going on strike. So, um, you know, what does that do? That's not going to help us in any way. Mm. What they're moaning for, I don't know. They might have a legitimate claim. I don't know. If you look at some of these salaries that perhaps some of the, the bank leaders are taking, they may have a claim. But nevertheless, once more, when a bank goes on strike or the whole banking system, you paralyze the entire economy. That's not going to add to growth. That can only take away from our growth. So, I'll be in New York on Friday, so um, I'll luck. be spending dollars, not rand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which doesn't stretch that far, anyway. And that bank strike is quite
0: an interesting one. Let me just read you the headline mm. here What to expect from the South African banking strike. South Africa's largest financial union, SASPO, uh, will embark on a major banking strike on Friday the 27th. That's this Friday. I mean, maybe, gonna, maybe they just wanted <laughs> to take a whole week off <laughs> to, uh, because of today's holiday. No. In an interview with Business Tech, the Union's General Secretary uh, said that employees from all the country's major banks and other financial institutions will be protesting over planned retrenchments in the banking sector and called for a moratorium on job losses. Look, this is going to affect the poorest people who still go into banks in rural areas Mm. and people that Mm. aren't uh, savvy enough to have online banking or laptop banking or mobile banking, whatever it is. So I I don't quite understand, but surely they could just sit down with the employers and say, "Mm, let's do something. Maybe they just wanted a a platform, and they've got a platform with us today.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't know what it – look, you know, I don't know what – uh, what their particular gripe is, retrenchments, remember, are, are, are taking place simply because we no longer have bricks and mortar banks mm. and have uh, been replaced by trading systems. So it was bound to happen. Uh, how far that stretches, you know, banks have mentioned, I think Standard has been the one who said they will be uh, getting rid of people. I don't think it goes into the multi-thousands, um, I looked at Investec's results. Have a look at Investec's results. Oh, I mean, the trading, uh, trading update on yeah, Friday. I, that yeah. was, sorry, that was uh, a pre a pre close. If you look at it, you know, you can sense, yes, they Brexit is uh, the UK operations are under pressure, but locally as well. Now, when you're starting to lose, I don't say they're huge employees. I, I don't think the people that work for Investec match the number of people that work for First Rand or some of the other banks, but still. In a tight environment like we're seeing now, where economy is not growing, they're bound to be uh, retrenchments. You know, it's bound to happen where banks are not making money. so It's um, not just that, David.
0: It's because, as you quite rightly said, that the bricks and mortar aspect of banking worldwide Mm -hmm. is slowly Mm -hmm. diminishing, just like the Mm -hmm. ATM Mm -hmm. is diminishing. Mm -hmm. You don't need so many ATMs anymore. And if you have a look at, for example, the Thomas Cook story, which we uh, described Mm -hmm. in the early part of this interview, 21,000 people worldwide have woken up this morning to no job. yeah. I mean, they go into yep, the yeah. they, they go into their office, uh, but Thomas Cook is closing its doors. Nine thousand of those are in the UK, yep. and it simply be, it's, it's natural attrition because of technology and the way that mm. the economy is evolving so quickly, and the way yeah, people yeah. do business yeah. evolves. And in South Africa, unfortunately, with innovations from companies like Capitech, for
1: example, mm. means they don't have to employ so many mm. people. Very simple. Exactly. No, the problem is with the Thomas Cook people, um, those skills are not going to be needed. Lindsay, we saw it in our profession. You know, on, on the Stock Exchange in 1996, they did away with trading uh, on the open outcry and they introduced uh, screen trading, which was a, a multiple more efficient than we used to have. And I remember those dealers, and you'll recall, I don't know whether you were around in those days, but in those times, those dealers, if you had a very, very good dealer, he could command huge salaries, and strangely enough, it was the dealers in the mining markets that were the best paid. Overnight, they lost their jobs, and overnight, having come from very, very prominent positions, they were unemployable. You know, They had to reskill themselves, and it was extremely difficult to do that. Um, and, and so I've been through a profession in a very small way where, where we were hurt and had to adapt the whole way that we do business, uh, you know, from, from that time. So yeah, it's going to hurt, but you can't, you can't take those skills anywhere. You have to re-skill yourself and you have to, uh, continually work on, um, you know, on, on learning new professions or new way of doing things. So hmm. yeah, it's, it's going to happen. You know, that's that's where it is. It can go on strike. The the dealers could have gone on strike. No one would have cared okay let's go move
0: on to happier things there. what a sporting weekend it was I don't know if you're a rugby yeah. fan I know you're a cricket fan I know, I know you're, you're, no, you're no, a no, no. Fan. I, I, you like rugby yeah. as well right? I,
1: like big, I like big events
0: sure <laughs> I thought South Africa New Zealand was one of the most bruising games of rugby yeah. I've ever seen in my life yeah. and I suddenly thought to myself yeah. the old days of great big blokes you know just barging themselves around no. uh, I, I, I thought those days were still with us but when I saw even the really big chaps on both of those teams they still look really really fit it's a whole you that yeah.
1: game makes American football look like a Sunday
0: afternoon game of hockey or something. <laughs> it Wasn't it
1: amazing? It, it was. And you know, when you look at the, you, you talk, they are fit, and they have to be fit. I don't know what they're going to be like when they turn fifty or sixty, hmm. and how the arthritis is going to hurt them. But, but, you, know, it, it is a very. Fiz- I'm surprised that America hasn't adopted this you know i suppose it's very hard to train, change traditions and that yeah. but i think when you see the quality of sportsmanship you know not sportsmanship of sportsmen, and i do whichever whichever team played it's 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 quite remarkable um, what i loved about it was you know when you say the physicality and that but yeah. the uh, also the their ball control you know, and uh, skill yeah. amazing and listen the the point I want to bring up what what worries me, this is six weeks of rugby, five weeks, you know, to actually get through that is is my concern. Is uh, you know we already lost within what's I, I, I can't pronounce the chap's name I forgot his name. You know one of the. Um, one, one of our front, was it our front row? Um, you know, me and the names are not that great when it comes to rugby, but I mean, um, we already lost one chap. How many other people will we lose before we get to the final? Mm. And I'm talking on both sides, you know, key players. I know this is today, it's a game of, uh, 23 players. You know, you always got eight reserves and you've got a squad of about 30 in that, but it's, it, it, it can be disrupting.
0: I still think South Africa has Same. a chance, see, even, though, even though losing that first game, they may only come second in their group. Oh, no. But I still no, no, think they've, they've got a chance because the first 30 minutes of that game, South Africa were outstanding. New Zealand couldn't mm. get out of their own half. It was, no, it was incredible, no, no, the, no. the Bocca's uh, mm. performance. And I don't really... Mm.
1: Give, I don't, it's, it's my third sport. Um, anyway. England, England but beat, those two tries, yeah. two tries were just exceptional. And that's uh, that they scored. In fact, it could have been a third, you know, third try where... They had that, but uh, you know, don't write off New Zealand, you know, uh, that's that's what I'm saying, and don't write off anybody. I mean, the English, all of them, yes. they highly, highly qualified or, or well grilled packs, packs not meaning, I mean, teams. I think so. one, I, I just one love team them. you can
0: write off, though, is uh, oh. Manchester United. Oh, uh. god. I mean Manchester United against West Ham they made such a fundamental error when they appointed Ole Gunnar Solskjaer mm-hmm. as their manager yeah. because of emotional reasons and I don't think it'll last till the end of the yeah. season. They lost 2-0. They were the most anemic, useless looking Manchester United side I've ever seen. I didn't like their kit, I didn't like their play, I didn't like their attitude, I didn't like everything about them and I was pleased because I'm not the greatest Manchester United supporter and I'm pleased for West Ham because they've got passionate support they get Fifty, sixty thousand mm. every
1: week but Manchester United were rubbish too terrible, there's nothing there, there was absolutely nothing in there, and as a Man United supporter, I'm not a Man I mean, for a Man United supporter to have suffered that uh, is, is so humiliating because you, you know is. you know, Lindsay, that you've got no chance This is this is two, three, four years away before you you know, you're back at the top if yep. you get to the back. And I agree with you, I don't think it's gonna come through uh so I don't think it it really I see Chelsea in a similar position. Yes, but they've got Lampard, and
0: they're playing. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons that Chelsea are doing so bad is because of the transfer ban, because of an indiscretion Mm. that broke UEFA rules. But I think Frank Lampard is a young manager, a naive manager, but a good manager, Mm. and I think he will take Chelsea to the top again. Uh, But he's got uh, Tammy Abraham at the at at the front, who's a a 21-year-old who's nobody nobody had heard of until uh, August of this year, and I think they'll do okay. They nearly snapped. To draw with yeah, Liverpool, so yeah, don't worry about Chelsea. Yeah. They were fine. What about Arsenal? No, because you must terrible. be terrible. No, come, <laughs> well, come on, they have some spirit and they beat Aston Villa no, three-two. They, they, they came back but from two-one. But you two, don't want one. them in come a on. position.
1: I don't want to. I don't want to win a game. I don't. I, I, I don't want to win that way. You know, I, I want them to win by dominating and playing good soccer all the time. Hmm. And uh, that's the problem. Problem with them is that you know they're always going to concede one two goals. It never they can never they never tight. And you always gotta pray that they get through it. And that's exactly what we did that they did. And thanks to some really skillful players up front. Yes. But I mean that's not how you want to win. You want to get on there and you want to dominate from the start. You know, and you want to dominate, play good soccer as Liverpool do, as Man City do. You know, that that's the kind of game. And I I just I just honestly when I look at Arsenal I can cry. Uh, yes, they came through it by, you know, by, by sheer willpower. And also that um, at, uh, Aston Villa were tiring a little bit. Anyway, they got the point. The other team to worry about is Spurs. Eh? Yeah, they're 6th or 7th. You
0: know, they, uh, they, they, they don't they know where on, they are. They keep on conceding leads. I mean, they had a lead against Mm-mm. Leicester. Uh, Leicester beat them. They had a 2-0 lead against a very ordinary Olympiacos side in the UEFA Champions Mm-mm. League and they ended up drawing 2-2. Two, two. It's almost as though Maurizio Pochettino has been groomed for the Real Madrid
1: job, and it's in the back of his mm. mind. There's something going Could on be. there. Yeah, but I, I, I said at the end of last season, I looked and I said, you know, one season too much. Yeah. And then the Delhi alleys, who are such good players, they're just not coming through anymore. So many of the young stars are just not there this season, just absent. I don't know and I you know I'm an Arsenal awesome supporter but I've always liked Spurs I've always yes. been close to the club known people there and I just look at them and you want to slap them <laughs> you just want to slap some of these players. Listen, Harry Kane can score even on his back. Oh, that
0: that's a great goal. Good <laughs> goal. What a great goal that was against Leicester. I mean, goodness uh, me. He is, he oh, is the epitome oh, of the sort of bulldog hmm. spirit. And him and Jamie Vardy he's, up front the would, would, yeah. would, would be exactly, exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. David, what are we looking at
1: at the moment investment-wise? Nothing, really. Just wait Nothing. for the end of the I, book. I, Nothing. Um, Very, very difficult period we're going through. Very difficult. And I'm I'm not sure how we're going to pull. I'm talking uh, locally. I'm not sure how we're going to pull out of this. I think a lot more uh, problems here. I think even on the international scene, it's, um, you know what I mean? Even on the international scene, I think it's going to be tight uh, for us to pull out of this. We know that the result season is not going to be that great. Uh, depends whether we can just beat some of the expectations. So it's, yeah, we're just going to kind of bumble along, turnover until the end of the year. Mm. Uh, difficult time. Trump can change it. Trump can change it, you know, by, by making some concessions on the, on the trading side. Um, I think, you know, things can change there and, and just hope that, um, you know, a little bit of confidence comes into the global economy. But I love, Christine Lagarde. I think she's great. I enjoy listening to her. I think she's an exceptionally bright person. And, you know, if I was a president, uh, if I was the president of a country, I would listen to her. She's head of the IMF. She's going to be head of the ECB. She's the kind of person. She came to South Africa when she was a minister. Uh, I saw her for the first time there. She was actually, I think, a trade minister in France. And I heard her speak, and she was great, and I've always followed her since then. And uh, got a lot of respect for what she says.
0: Okay, David, thank you so much for your time on this very, very quiet uh, Monday. Have a great Mm. day off. I don't know what day off it is tomorrow, but anyway, whatever the day is. Heritage Day. (laughs) Heritage Day. Look back at your heritage. Look back at the heritage (laughs) and and reflect everybody (laughs) in South Africa. David Shapiro is the deputy chairman uh, of Sassfin Securities in Melrose Arch, and that was Shapiro World. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.